Welcome to the Durham Podcast. I'm Dr. Rajani Kata, and I'm here with my friend and colleague, Dr. Tomi Lee Wall. We're both board-certified dermatologists, and in this podcast, we bring you the expert scoop on glowing skin with food, skincare, lifestyle, and non-invasive procedures. Before we get started, I wanted to go over two things. First is chia seeds. So if you've been in, you know, some of these fancy bakeries lately, you might have seen that there are chia seed puddings. Or if you make overnight oats, you might have noticed that a lot of recipes are calling for chia seeds. Well, chia seeds actually do have fantastic health properties. So just two tablespoons of these seeds contain five grams of protein and 10 grams of fiber. We know natural fiber is fantastic for your health and for your skin because it helps to stabilize blood sugar levels and support the growth of good gut microbes. And so one of my recipes for overnight oats makes use of chia seeds because of these properties. Now, a short disclaimer. This podcast is meant for entertainment purposes only. The information presented does not serve as medical advice and in no way substitutes for professional care by a physician or other healthcare provider. For any medical concerns, please contact your physician. Hi, Tomi. Hi, Reginie. I love talking to you about these different cosmetic concerns that my patients ask me about. And today's one I know is a common one that you and I have discussed a lot in the past, but I thought we could kind of really delve more deeply into it. And that is uh, dilated blood vessels on the surface of the skin. So I, um, I'll give you an example of a patient that um, has asked me about this in the past, Toby. So let's say she's in her 50s. She's a Caucasian woman, really fair skin, but she's becoming more concerned about a lot of the ruddiness, the redness of her complexion, because what she's noticed over the years is that she's developed a lot more redness in her cheeks. Mm-hmm. And she describes them as broken blood vessels. But as a dermatologist, when you look at the skin, really what she's describing is dilated, tiny blood vessels of the skin. And the medical term for that is telangiectasias. So can you speak a little bit more to that, Tomi, sort of what your patients ask you about and what you discuss as potential treatments? Sure. I love talking about lasers. So this is really going to be fun. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Yes. So this is a really common concern that people come into my office for, and um, it does occur and increase over time for a variety of reasons. You know, there may be underlying medical issues like rosacea, a lot of time spent out in the sun will dilate blood vessels, and Mm. genetics also play a little bit of a role as well. So when I see these patients, as you say, with those teeny tiny little blood vessels, you can see these thin lines of red. No cream, no pill is ever going to make those blood vessels go away, unfortunately. Mm -hmm. So we have a conversation about performing a laser treatment or a device to get rid of these little blood vessels. And a lot of factors go into figuring out which laser or which device is best for the patient. But Mm -hmm. first, we have to kind of assess, is this patient a good candidate? So with lasers, we kind of back up it and try to figure out, you know, what their skin type is, mm-hmm. how much pigment they have in the skin, if they have any underlying medical issues that are contraindications for laser, 
and the way that their skin looks. So if there are infections in the skin or cold sores or um, other things, they may not be a good candidate. Um, mm. Pregnancy and breastfeeding. Um, there's never really been a really good study showing that, but most cosmetic procedures we try to avoid. We don't want you to be the guinea pig to figure out what happens to your child. <laughs> so we usually recommend anything that's elective be held off. <laughs> Understandable. Uh, uh-huh. But for the most part, you know, uh, let's say this patient is fair skin. So, you know, we as dermatologists will uh, classify or categorize patients based on how much melanin or pigment they have in the skin. Mm-hmm. And someone perhaps with a Celtic background or, or um, European background would be a skin type one or two. Our redheads, really fair, pale blondes are usually about a one, you know, and the, the blondes, someone who can tan a little bit more would be about a two and a three is someone who's a little bit more olive complected or can hold a little bit of a a tan and those patients in that phototype of one two and three are great candidates for laser treatments why because laser works by looking for specific targets in the skin so it basically i always say it seeks and it destroys so it seeks out little blood vessels because they like the way that the little blood cells, um, how, much, how deep into the skin it is, what color it is, because laser, remember, is light beams. So mm-hmm. it is attracted to these little blood vessels that are mm-hmm. in the surface layers of the skin. It will heat it up really quickly, and then it will try to destroy them. It also seeks out a little bit of the melanin or pigment of our skin. So that's why for patients who are darker skin, like I am Asian, you know, so when I go outside, I tan and I tan pretty darkly or -hmm. someone who has more pigment than me, then the laser gets a little bit confused. Where am I seeking and destroying? Am I seeking Mm -hmm. the pigment or am I seeking the blood vessel? And that's when you run into a little bit more trickiness in terms of side effects with the laser. We can still treat these patients, but again, someone who has knowledge and skill in order to maximize the settings to make it as safe as possible, but still try to get rid of what you want to get rid of is really important. Mm. I really love, I've never heard that. I've never heard that term before, Tomi. I love it. Seek and destroy. Uh-huh. <laughs> good, right? That's such a good way of describing it. Yeah. And, And Tommy, I know that you did your laser fellowship at Harvard, and so you had access and training to a number of different laser devices. And so when you're specifically, you know, let's go over those choices again a little bit. Mm -hmm. Uh, So you're saying you're looking at the patient's skin type and that you're looking at what you're specifically trying to seek and destroy. Are those the two major concerns as you're choosing your laser device? Yes. And so let's say the patient came to you, what would you, you know, what would you tell her in your office mm-hmm. about what this procedure involves? Oh, okay. So let's presume that this patient is fair skin and has very clear, tiny little blood vessels scattered all over her, her face or cheeks or nose or chin. I, the go-to based on, you know, now I have a bias and I'm going to back up here a little bit. So every laser surgeon has their bias based on where they trained, what machines they have in their office. So my training and my background in playing with all of the different lasers, I feel like these give the best outcomes. 
My favorite laser to use is something called the V-beam, which is a pulsed dye laser. We use this a lot at Harvard, and basically it's wonderful at targeting specifically the tiny little blood vessels on the face, but also in other parts of the body. When we go through the process, you know, I, I basically kind of walk the patient through, what do you expect with the treatment? What are the outcomes? How much clearance can I get? And um, what to expect in terms of post-procedure? And the one thing I say about almost all lasers is that if you walk out of the laser room and it looks like nothing was done, more than likely nothing was done. <laughs> so there's always a little bit of redness or swelling or bruising, you know, depending on the device. So, okay. uh, yeah. <laughs> so <Good> we, <laughs> we prepare patients. So you don't want to do it right before your wedding or right before, uh, you know, a big reunion or something like that. So, okay. The, good. <laughs> and so the V-beam is designed actually to, so we numb the skin. For most lasers, we like to use a numbing cream that's made out of lidocaine or derivative thereof. Okay. We put it on like frosting on the face for about 30 minutes to an hour, depending on the type of laser. We mm -hmm. wipe it off. We put special goggles over your eyes because we have blood vessels, pigment in our eyes. So we want to protect them. Oh, and yeah. we yeah. And then we have them lie back on the uh, table and you feel like a almost like a sharp rubber band snap for a second where the laser has been used. And in most cases, we usually look at that one spot of treatment, make sure that your skin, there's certain ways that your skin looks right after laser. And we make sure that you're responding in the way that we want. And then basically it's a lot of little zaps until you're done, which you know, depending on the area you're treating uh, for a full face might take about 30 minutes for me. If it's okay. a focal area, about five to 10 minutes. Afterwards, it feels hot, like you've gotten a really bad sunburn and you sit and ice for a little bit and you do look like you've gotten burned. So you, you, you have a little bit of redness and a little bit of puffiness to the skin. And usually the pain or discomfort subsides fairly quickly. I tell people that night to keep icing, to sleep with a couple of pillows to elevate the head. And the next day with this laser in particular, V-beam, you might wake up a little bit puffier and perhaps even a little bruise here or there. And you're going to say, oh, my God, what did she do to me? <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> but every day after that, over the course of two to five days, it gets better and better. And you might not see the blood vessels go away right away. But at about that one month mark, when you're due to come back in for your second treatment, you should see improvement of those little blood vessels and the redness. Okay. So it takes about one month to visibly see that improvement. Mm-hmm. And it takes about three to five treatments spaced about one month apart each in okay. order to reach what we call the maximal results. Mm, that was going to be my next question. How many treatments are we looking at? Mm -hmm. So three to five is an average number. Yes. And remember, okay. it is average. You, you kind of highlighted that point. In my 20 plus years of doing this, I realized that every person is different. So the number of treatments really varies from person to person, varies on how many blood vessels they had in the first place. Are they really good about protecting their skin from the sun? And we'll talk about how important that is before and after the treatment. Mm. And also, you know, 
how do you maintain those results? Do you then, after the treatments, go back out in the sun a lot, or do you try to protect yourself as much as possible? Mm, yeah, because this is not a one and done thing. If you're not careful, right? Right. right. You, might land, you might land back in your office five years from now. <laughs> Absolutely. Yes. So, like most cosmetic things, you know, we continue to uh, see these things develop, these little blood vessels, you know, um, and there's no way to stop them from coming in the first place. So, we just want to slow down that process and protect your investment as much as possible by protecting yourself from the sun. <laughs> right. That's where it's, you know, skincare and lifestyle is so important. Yes. Now, mm-hmm. tell me, what would you say after patients undergo this procedure, what's their level of satisfaction with it? Oh, this is one of the ones that I really, truly love performing because I would say the good vast majority, greater than 90 percent, are very, very satisfied you can see visible improvement, you know, some side benefits besides the blood vessels. You can see some texture and tone, some fine lines improve. So there's a lot of benefit to doing the V-beam. Now let's talk about, you talked a little bit about side effects. Um, Certainly that bruising and swelling is something that is to be expected. Do you ever have any unexpected side effects that patients need to be aware of? Yes. So this is where we talk about the skin tights again, or more importantly, how much melanin do you have in your skin? So if you went on a Bahamas vacation, spent every day out in the sun, and then came in to do the V-beam treatment, my laser will distinguish that there's lots of melanin and there's lots of blood vessels, and it won't know where to zap. So it will zap the surface of the skin where your melanin is, along with those blood vessels. If you have very dark skin, then same thing. The laser will get a little bit confused as to where to zap, and it will um, zap both of those targets, the melanin and the blood vessel. And when that happens, you can see even little blisters or scabs or or burns on the surface of the skin. Mm. Um, You can see extensive swelling that lasts for a little bit longer than usual as well. But the most worrisome side effect is that if you do form blisters or scabs, you can sometimes in rare cases get infection. Mm. And then sometimes uh, you can see discoloration. So what we call post-inflammatory hyper or hypopigmentation. So the skin may stay darker or lighter for a very, very long time after the treatment. So that's really something that uh, that is quite concerning, obviously. Um, Mm -hmm. in most cases would resolve, most cases would go away? Yeah, luckily this type of laser in particular is um, pretty good so that most people do resolve over time. But, you know, of course, we the ideal treatment is not to have it in the first place. And so, you know, sun protection at least a month before and after each and every treatment is really crucial in order to, number one, get really good results And number two, to make sure that you don't have those side effects. Mm, So sun protection for at least a month before and after every single treatment. Now, I know, Tommy, you had discussed that there are other approaches to uh, the treatment of dilated blood vessels in the skin. Now, you did specifically mention that those approaches do not include any creams or pills. So what are some of the other approaches? Well, there are other lasers that can be used. So V-beam is not the only laser that targets blood vessels. 
I'm not going to go into all of the different brands. There's numerous brands. And then, Mm -hmm. you know, the old time method before we had lasers was to use something called cautery, which is just a tiny little hot needle that's Mm -hmm. inserted right into those blood vessels. So if you have a bigger blood vessels, like some people right around the nose have those big blood vessels that are so annoying. Yeah. yeah, In some cases, we can use cautery to try to treat those areas as well. Well, Tommy, is there anything else you wanted to leave our listeners with when they're considering a procedure such as this one? Well, you know, Regine, we always talk about how important it is to have a uh, person who has good experience and knowledge of lasers treating you. I do feel that people who've had training specifically in lasers and physicians who are well-versed in caring for the skin, such as dermatologists, really can tell if they're having a good response, number one, and also if there is something that's starting to become uh, not quite what you expect. I really want to stress that you should do your homework and make sure that the person who is treating you is well qualified. That's such an important message, Tomi, and I'm so glad you said that because I know you as an expert and a specialist in this area have seen some unfortunate complications from other centers. So I'm glad we're really emphasizing that point. And for our listeners, I'm going to include more information in the show notes for this episode. And if you'd like to see some of Dr. Tomi Lee Wall's information and handouts, you can see her website at Dr. D-O-C-T-O-R, Tomi, T-O-M-I.com. Thank you for listening. <laughs> <laughs>